Welcome to the It's a Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garrix, coming to you from the Fairfield Comedy Club with Candy. Claire, Candy, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to meet you finally. I know. I feel like we've been in contact via every technology, including Slack. Yes, <laughs> in everything except face-to-face. Right. So, but yeah. here we are. Here We're we doing are. It. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, guys, for those of you who don't know Candy yet, Candy is the Director of Development for the New York Comedy Club. The Philadelphia Comedy Club, the Atlantic City Comedy Club, and our very own Fairfield Comedy Club. That's right. Where we just had our first new talent night, which you That's put together. That's right. And How do you think it went? I thought it was awesome. It was. It was a lot of fun. Right? It like, was. I mean, not to like toot well, our own I, horn, I, yeah. but we did a great job tonight. And I have a friend that lives nearby who I went to high school with. And so it's just kind of funny that she lives here, so it all worked out. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a fun night. I thought all the new comics uh, did well. Like, yep. I, I, There's definitely been times where I've seen people like, you know, performing early in their careers and it's brutal. And I'm right. sure you see yep. plenty of that. I have. <laughs> but no, this was good. The crowd this was, was a really into great it show. the whole time. Yeah. Like they were... The BYI... Oh, BYOB experience is, is fun. And I love it. Anywhere you can pull up with a cooler and a plate of food... You know, that's I'm trash, though. Yeah. I'm from South Louisiana, so we bring coolers to abortions. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, that's uh, a... <laughs> you got to make an experience out of everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it, I, the BYOB thing, I think, you know, every now and then it gets a little out of hand. More at the later show, the 9 o'clock. So, mm-hmm. we, you know, we have the 7 o'clock. Usually 7 o'clock people are a little tamer. Mm-hmm. They're getting home to babysitters or whatever. Um, sometimes nine o'clock they'll get a little wasted, but what I find makes the biggest difference is just that there's not the disruption of a server coming by right. and taking drink orders. Everyone's totally in tune and focused right. on the comic. And it's just like one of those little things that can happen in a room that yeah. makes things work. I so. love it. It also makes comedy super fun. I love the idea of like pop-ups and stuff yeah. or seeing comedy or even music shows and in places you wouldn't think, you know, like yeah. the abortion clinic, for instance, or... <laughs> uh, so, you're, you're bringing up abortion a lot. We've been recording oh, for two minutes. it's a joke and that had... just keeps on giving. <laughs> okay, I mean... If, or it then, then doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is uh, this is the most we've talked about abortion on this podcast. Usually, we, we talk about comedy. Oh, yeah. Uh, not just that. terrible things. No, no, I mean, I, I feel like you want to talk about abortions. I think I'm... Yeah. I think we've covered it. I'll bring it back, though. I'll do a callback. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. So how how did you end up on this path to like helping new talent develop in comedy? Okay. Like, what kind of crazy person are you that you I, would want to do nuts that? Nuts is, is officially the term, I think, is what they look for <laughs> in that. Um, no, I've, I've got a background. Like I've done performing arts school in England. Um, I did school in Canada. I'm like an international student. And I went to acting school as well in um, New York City at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Um, actually, I wrote and produced a feature film that's no shit. Um, never seen the light of day. Um, but now there's a lot of people in it that are going to be start breaking out as stars. So I think we're going to like rehash the film and make oh, yeah? it a short. Yeah, it's called Triggerfish. It's Who was in it? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you about to blow up? Oh, I'm about to really get some <laughs> shit going. Uh, can we cuss on here? Um, you can do whatever the fuck. We were talking about abortion. <laughs> you can talk about abortion. You can sure right. as fuck say fuck. All right. That's what gets you to that point in the first place. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, Sorry, exactly. I'm just going to do rim shots So I've had like a, a background in performing arts and all in production and all those things most of my life. Pretty much all of it. The funny thing is, is that the setup here is looks like it's at the back of a fireplace, 
you know how many performances I've done in my South Louisiana fireplace, which I'm not sure why there's a fireplace in South Louisiana, but it was a great <laughs> stage for me to learn how to sing Whitney Houston. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I did that and then um, started a family in Charlotte. Thought that was terrible. Moved here. <laughs> I moved to the city. Um, and I was working at Stand Up New York. Started working there just like part time kind of. So why comedy? Because I feel like there's like all the performing arts and now it's like Stand Up New well, York. Well, I mean, so it was why? like I started working as like a bartender at a comedy club 10 years ago. Because yeah. a friend that I went to acting school with worked there. And I just wanted like my own thing. But I also had a baby. So I needed something that could kind of work with my schedule. And... I fell in love with it and I and I started comedy and I started working um, doing it that way um, and I came up with like <clears throat> Dan Soder, Mark Norman, Joe List, oh um, gosh, yeah. Joe DeRosa, Michelle Wolf, um, all these people. We all kind of started at the same time so it was like these are my friends and then I became because I learned what that room in particular used at, like what worked in that room and what didn't and so it worked out that I became the booker because yeah. I you know had experience in it and um so I was I was the booker there for a long time so then, what were you like looking for in that room so that room is specific because it's a, like a very much like a street team room which means people are buying tickets in Times Square so you could have anything from people visiting from Australia to bachelor parties to things so you need a, a certain energy that can translate and be relatable across the board yeah something that's not probably going to work um in that room would kill in Brooklyn so you have to be a little less cerebral. So less all mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I'm a big fan of that stuff. But when you're booking certain rooms, you have to kind of get the energy yeah. of what it is. Just like being here is important for me to be able to like put comics in here. Just like I have to go to Atlantic City in Philadelphia. Same thing. Sort yeah. of get the feeling for what works there. And it's very interesting how different jokes land or even different parts of jokes will land in different places. Um, I did a show in, uh, produced a show in Los Angeles and using comics that I've used, like a New York show, but in L.A., and it's interesting to watch how those jokes work very, very differently there, because L.A. is more of a storytelling town, yeah. whereas New, uh, New York is more like joke, joke, joke. Yep. Um, and L.A., it's a lot more storytelling, so it's also interesting to see how different parts hit in different ways. Yeah. So it's a very cool process. Um, yeah, and then I started working in May. I started working with um, New York Comedy Club. I teach a class. Um, I teach a comedy intensive course because I feel like there was comics that are like at the three year mark mm -hmm. when they want to give up. That's kind of when I come in because. <laughs> oh, it's not a mark <laughs> where you want to give up. It's, <laughs> it's a constant thing. Right. That. <laughs> yes, that's constant for sure. But it's when they have their voice and they know who they are, but they just don't know what to do with it now. So yeah. I kind of come in and I'm teaching them about, you know, late night. Um, you know, the, with the different shows, uh, writing packets we focus on, and then we tighten up like they have a nice solid five minute set that's like their calling card um, as well. And like that, I love, 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 love doing that. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm doing that, and that's when I, I started doing that at Stand Up New York, and then I moved to um, New York Comedy Club. I brought that over there and it's it's great like it's yeah. I, you know I have a full class every time how so big is the class I won't take any more than 12 people yeah because then it just kind yeah, of gets yeah. it's, it's got to be very individualized right. yeah right? exactly um, so yeah so that's what I do and I love every second of it so I do that I've revamped like the open mics trying to keep trying to create more of a teaching hospital yeah. <laughs> type of a vibe so that 
um, you know, everyone's kind of working together and it's developmental. Yeah. Director of development. Open mics get are it. fucking brutal and everybody's yeah. in it for themselves yeah. and doesn't pay attention. So you just go yeah. in and you're like, well, that sucked. So I, I just, would stop trying yeah. new material at open mics first because I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to get a read on this joke. Right. Telling it to these assholes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's what I do. And I absolutely, I absolutely love it. And it's just like, it's wonderful because so many people don't get to be in an industry and feel like they've really found their niche. And I definitely feel like at 43 now that I've at a place where I'm like, oh, it all makes sense now. And yeah. I'm where I'm supposed to be. And I really love it and can definitely see and it's very cool, too, especially I've only started doing the class in April, but a lot of people that have taken it and I'm watching them just really grow. So it's like, all oh, right, this is why I love all of this, because it is. And you as you know, you could get real jaded. You could get in a dark place. Oh, yeah. And hate yourself a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it doesn't matter what part of the industry you're in. It's hard for all of us. Yeah. So no, I, actually, my uh, my previous guest uh a comic i don't know if you ever met uh brett raybold yes I know yeah brett. and mm -hmm. brett is uh is retiring yeah uh from comedy as he puts it and uh, i was giving him a hard time about it because i think he's a real funny guy well he does it with like he had like skits and stuff he does he sketches with his and stuff yeah. with his brother but he also does stand up yeah and i've always found him to be uh, a great stand-up mm -hmm. very funny much funnier than his brother oh. <laughs> <laughs> that jordan <laughs> that jordan he's just, no but they he's, he's gonna focus on that stuff but he just you know said he's like you know i never like had fun Right. Doing stand up. And I was like, oh, wow, um, that's crazy because, you know, I've seen it happen. Mm -hmm. But for me, I feel like I need to be on right. stage. Like I just yeah, you like, got the bug. I can't imagine mm -hmm. not having a mic in front of my face. Right. So, um, well, let me ask you. So you're you're watching a lot of comics develop and helping them develop. Um, I'm, I'm not going to pay to go to a class at this point, but I would love, <laughs> you know, you just saw me perform. What, yeah. what can I be doing better? Help me out here. Well, I mean, I think you're doing great. You're like, I mean, I love that. Give me the hard punches. I can take well, it. No, you can tear I, me apart of my own podcast. I'm ready for it. I'm I looking know. to improve. I think you definitely, you have a voice and you have a story that speaks to, and it's obviously you're very um, comfortable with the people in the room and it's really nice and refreshing because it was like, we all felt like we were part of something. You're like, we're all in something together. Yeah. Um, no, I thought you were great. I think there are parts where you can get a little bit quiet and I don't know if it was just where I was sitting and like where the speakers were. Yeah. Um, so that would be my only okay. thing is like just to make sure that a lot of your tags aren't getting lost because you'll do like these quiet things or just to make sure that you pace it out so that the tags don't get lost that they pop. Okay. Because you have really, really smart material and there was a couple of times that I missed. All right. I'm go back and yeah. listen to that because I'll, I'll tell you one of the things that I've been doing Mm -hmm. that's kind of like different and, and I don't always do it but I've, I've found I, I was sitting on stage uh, and I find that I am more comfortable or do mm -hmm. better sitting it's something that I've just like recently tried doing and um, I started doing it when crowds were smaller mm -hmm. um, so I and I, I think this show might be a little smaller and I'm hosting and that's what I find like if I have a smaller crowd I like to get like to the front of the stage I like to sit and I and I will get very quiet mm -hmm. um, because I, I find that instead of I would normally go into a show and I would try to like match or I would try to like bring the energy. I'd mm -hmm. be like, all right, I'm hosting. I got to bring the energy. Um, and now I'm like, oh, you know what? Actually, what I want to do is kind of like match their energy and, mm -hmm. and force them to kind of give it to me. And I find that if I get quiet, they right. they have to kind of like lean in to me a little bit. So part of that is intentional. But at the same time, if it's 
costing me laughs. So that's good. That's a good note. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. So and I think that's, I mean, that's true too. You do have that sense of intimacy. Like Aaron Berg is a perfect example. Dante Nier, they are sitters. Yeah. And, um, you know, but they also, there's that, the, that energy is still there. And I think it's just something that you'll, like you'll find. And so it's like, you'll also know. And hosting is a little bit different because you do actually have to like, match their energy and kick it up a notch because yeah. you want to get them lubed up, Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, I find, but I, what I've seen is like, at least with the smaller crowds, like if you try to like force it out oh, of yeah, them, yeah. it's just like they repel against And again, against that's that. going to be something that would be work very different in another place. Yeah. You know? Yep. So I think that it was very clear to me that you know this room very, very yeah. well. It's almost you know? like, yeah, it's almost unfair <laughs> in this room because I, and I have, I mean, you heard, I have a lot of material that's yeah. about like living around right. here in the suburbs and you know, like I have like the, the joke that I do about the room itself. Right. And it's, it's easy, right? It's yeah. like, it's a no brainer and like it relates to where people are yeah. at the moment. So it's, it's, yeah, it, it, this is not a good being self-aware and, and not only just being self-aware, but being aware of where you are is a probably 60% of it. Yeah. You know, I try to always know where I am. Yeah. I've got, I've got an app on my phone <laughs> that will actually, right. It tell tells me. you <laughs> it's drop a pin. <laughs> Sometimes I'll take my phone on stage. People think I'm looking at notes. I'm like, no, I just want to make sure I know where I am. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's also <laughs> a thing that I'll, I'll tell comics too. And I've even had an experience more than once, unfortunately, where they'll, people are on their phone, but they're looking at notes and I'm like, write your shit down because it looks like you're literally just scrolling through Instagram yeah. and phoning in your set. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's just, so you it, think notes over. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I rarely, I'm, I'm starting, so I'm starting to think about, uh, doing an album which I want to do during mm. the Connecticut Comedy Festival oh, so I'm yeah. starting to prep and that's why I was happy to have kind of like a right. little bit of a longer set than usual um, tonight so I'm um, but I'm like oh you know what? I gotta start like bringing some notes on stage right. and like fine-tuning write stuff. them down <laughs> yeah no I would never yeah have the phone because I would just be yeah. uncomfortable with it I, and I thought about bringing it up tonight but I'm like yeah you know what I don't want to like go up closing the show yeah you can just like prop a, it up to like tape it but yeah yeah but then somebody left a note there which was weird it didn't make any sense mm -hmm. to me but oh I think it might have been the doctor Oh, the doctor. That makes sense, right? Because what did it say? Like, if you all need my help, S something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It was very odd. It was like it was like a self. -help We're putting note that on him, and it probably no wasn't. It was probably a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a ghost in my house. Can I tell you a crazy story? Yes. So, last night I decided to bake some brownies, the good kind. Mm -hmm. So I baked these brownies, and um, and then I took them out of the oven. And I left them on the stove, and then I waited for them to cool. And then I was going to my cousin's house, so I went to cut some of the brownies to bring. So I cut a few brownies off, and I left. And there were two trays. The one I cut was on the counter, and I left the other tray, a Pyrex, on the stove. And I leave, and I'm driving to my cousin's, and I get there like five minutes away, and my wife calls me, and she's like, come back. There's like, you started a fire. And I'm like, what the, f I'm like, how did I start a fire? Like I knew I shut off the oven. Like I hadn't used the stove top except for something else. It was the other side of the stove. And uh, somehow my stove top had turned itself on. Uh, it's probably my fault. I'm a, maybe I brushed against it or. Is unknown. it electric or gas? It's an electric stove and it heated the Pyrex and it exploded. It shot glass everywhere. Oh, It was shit. like smoking. So I had to go home and then, you know, kind of get like, you know, not yelled at, but made to feel bad, which, mm -hmm. you know, it's, Scolded. it's fair. Mm -hmm. You know, I could have burned down the house and killed our dog. <laughs> um, luckily, my wife, you know, saved our lives. But yeah, um, 
So. You don't think it was her at all? Because she does have that brownie problem, as you said. No, <laughs> she, she will. Well, she, you know what's funny is she, uh, she's like, from now on, you, you don't bake. I'll just bake. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, it's Ooh, like the more I like fuck shit up, the less I have to <laughs> right, do. Right. You know, I've already like worked it with cleaning. Like whenever the, I'm like, I, I'll clean and I'll do it poorly. And yeah. She's like, I'll just clean. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's brownies. I'm, you know, I'm trying to think of what other household shit I can do poorly. Yeah. <laughs> so she just does it for me. Just start raking everything into the house from outside. <laughs> and she's like, I'll do it then. Just snow. Just move the yard work <laughs> yeah, inside yeah. there. I'm like, well, it's, it's in your purview now. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, Candy, I, I got to say, I'm, you know, I'm very excited to have the opportunity to work with you and get to know you. Yeah, like, I'm excited too. Everybody uh, I know uh, already knows you <laughs> and loves you. Um, so I know Leah Bonima. Oh yeah, is, uh, she's like my favorite in the whole she's world. She's my uh, screensaver on my phone. Oh really? She's <laughs> God, I yeah, I could I could not love her any more than right. I do. But she's um, great. yeah, so I'm I'm just really excited about the opportunity to you know continue working with. Absolutely, you. I'm uh, excited for the festival too. Yeah, it's I know really it's fun. gonna be insane. Yeah. Um. So if people are interested in taking your class mm -hmm. or kind of you know developing as comics uh how can they find you what should they be you doing you can find me um at candy claire c-a-n-d-i-c-l-a-r-e on instagram i would say twitter too but i don't really use it except to like read drama mm -hmm. <laughs> um and you can like send me a message on that and then i will send you the forms and any information that you'd need to use to do so um and you can email me as well. So it's candy.claire at yahoo.com. Cool. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, aspiring comics, new comics, old comics, looking to improve. Reach out to Candy. Yeah. Fantastic resource. Candy, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much yes, for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. Abortion. <laughs> <laughs> what a perfect ending. <laughs> yes. As it, it normally is. <laughs> I'm just going to make sure we edit it out where it just ends on abortion. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to the It's a Hustle podcast. If you enjoyed the listen, please give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Uh, special thanks to Eric Donnelly of the Alternate Roots for our amazing theme song, to Brendan Ruane at Light Switch Advisor for our website and social media needs. Check him out if you need any help in those areas. And, of course, to Vans, who provide all of our footwear. Have a good one.